0: Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com.
1: Start your day tomorrow with The Daily Dog with Michelle Forteau, the morning podcast on Dog Works Radio. Apple Podcast reviewer Patty Christensen calls it funny, smart, and filled with all the info I want to know about dogs. I love this show. Wake up with The Daily Dog. Available on Dog Works Radio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows.
0: Mushing Radio presents the 1925 Serum Run. Subscribe to Dog Works Radio on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Previously on the 1925 Serum Run. In January 1925... Dr. Curtis Welch of Nome notices an uptick of patients with severe coughs. After several deaths, he determines that the cause is diphtheria. An epidemic of diphtheria is almost inevitable here. Stop. I'm in urgent need of one million units of diphtheria antitoxin. Stop. The Board of Health unanimously votes for a dog sled relay to bring 300,000 units of antitoxin from Anchorage to Nome. In Anchorage, a carefully wrapped 20-pound package of antitoxin is put on a northbound train, where it meets the first dog sled team outside Fairbanks. It's 50 degrees below zero when the train reaches the dog team of Wild Bill Shannon. It may have made more sense to wait until morning, but Shannon says, if people are dying, let's get started. Legendary musher, Leonard Seppala, who is already on the trail, believes he's going all the way to Nalata with a team of 20 dogs. When the number of teams is increased, mushers are told to keep an eye out for Seppala and stop him in Shaktulik. But Seppala is out of range of telephone and telegraph, so he has no idea the plans have changed. Back in Nome, Gunnar Kassen, who has worked with Seppala and helped train some of Seppala's dogs, is told to head south as part of the relay. Kassin goes to Sepala's dog yard, where he's been told he was free to use any of the remaining dogs for company business while Sepala is away. Sepala told Kassin that if Kassin ran a dog team, he should use Fox, a brown and black husky, in lead. But as Kassin looks up and down the dog yard, his eye is drawn to a black dog with one white front leg named Balto. At the last minute, Cassin decides to ignore Sepala's wishes and places Balto in lead. Drivers take the antitoxin up the trail, facing temperatures more than 60 degrees below zero, wind gusts of more than 100 miles per hour, and severe blizzards. The antitoxin makes its way past the Yukon River, across the Kaltag Portage, and to the Bering Coast at Unalakleet, and then up to Shakhtulik. Past Shaktulik, Leonard Seppala is flagged down on the ice of the Norton Sound by Henry Ivanov and given the antitoxin. He turns his team around and heads back north into a fierce headwind. Going across the shifting ice of the Norton Sound, Seppala's team, led by Togo, gets stuck on an ice floe, heading slowly out to sea. Seppala waits until he gets close to more solid ice. He throws Togo across to the solid ice and Togo pulls Seppala and his team to safety, even jumping into open water when his tow line drops in. Seppala, Passes the antitoxin to Charlie Olson, who passes it to Gunnar Casson. Casson is supposed to take the antitoxin about 30 miles to safety, where Ed Rohn waits with a fresh dog team. But Welch in Nome recommends pausing the relay as a blizzard hits the coast. Word is sent to the roadhouses, but Casson misses the roadhouses and keeps going. The wind flips Casson's sled and sends the package of antitoxin into deep snow. Cassin searches with his bare hands until he finds it. When he reaches safety, Roan is fast asleep, so Cassin decides to push on the last 25 miles or so to Nome. He arrives around 5.30 a.m. on February 2nd, 1925. Cassin and his dog team pull into the empty streets of Nome. It's less than six days after the relay started. This week... The End of the Epidemic Triumph of Man and Dog Mission of Mercy a Success Dogs Run Through Storm Remote Seacoast Village Saved by Hero Dogs Those were just some of the headlines in newspapers around the United States after Gunnar Kasson delivered the 300,000 units of antitoxin An editorial in the New York Sun said science made the antitoxin, but science and modern machines could not get it to know. That oldest of all motors, the heart, whose fuel is blood and whose spark is courage, wrote the Sun, never stalls. President Coolidge issued letters of commendation. Various lawmakers also honored the dog teams and their drivers. Pharmaceutical firm H.K. Mulford Struck 20 gold medals, one for each relay driver. Governor Bone of Alaska kicked in a $25 bonus and a citation for each driver as well. Money was raised by various groups for the dog drivers and generally divided equally among them. But before that, Casson's arrival was reenacted so it could be filmed. And the film, along with the first photos of Balto and Casson arriving in Nome, again from the reenactment, were put in a solid film canister. The film canister went by dog team led by John Hegnes south to the Ice Free Ports, it traveled there by steamship south, and then Hegnis threw it overboard in a sealed container, which was retrieved by the crew of a small boat and transferred to a seaplane where it could be flown to Seattle, where the photos were published in an evening edition of the Seattle Times in early February. Backing up just a little bit further, shortly after 5.30 a.m. on February 2, 1925, Dr. Curtis Welch, was awakened by a persistent knocking on his door. When he opened the door there was Gunnar Kasson who handed him the fur and canvas wrapped package 20 pounds of antitoxin now mostly frozen. But fortunately the glass vials protected and not shattered. Outside Kasson's dog team was clearly exhausted. Curtis Welch and nurse Emily Morgan went to work immediately Bringing the antitoxin to the worst cases, they were able to see nearly immediate improvements. The 300,000 units of antitoxin did not last long, because when Cassin arrived, there were 70 confirmed cases of diphtheria in Nome and the surrounding areas. Many additional people had also been exposed to the disease. The official death toll was five, but the real toll was likely much higher. It was Eskimo tradition at the time for families to just bury their children and locals believed many children had died and were buried without the parents bothering to make any official report. With so many cases of diphtheria, the initial shipment of antitoxin did not last long. Fortunately, an additional shipment of 1.1 million units of antitoxin had been brought to Seward, Alaska. It arrived on February 7, 1925, and then a second dog sled relay, using many of the same mushers from the first relay, again brought the antitoxin across Alaska to Nome. Most details about that second serum run have been lost to history. Ed Rohn, the man sleeping at port safety when Gunnar Kassin decided not to wake him up and take the antitoxin the last few miles by himself, brought the 1.1 million units into Nome on February 15th, 1925. On February 21st, the quarantine was officially lifted. The serum delivered by Kassin made it from Nenana to Nome nearly 675 miles in about five and a half days. The trails were well established and familiar to the mushers who delivered mail on them, but the trip at that time was normally 25 days. Arguably, there was less urgency in bringing the second batch of antitoxin to Nome, but the journey was no less heroic, even if it took nearly eight days instead of less than six. But while the initial story had the world waiting anxiously for every detail and was covered at great length and with an eye towards mythmaking, the journey of the second batch was mostly ignored. Maybe that's just human nature. It's harder to get excited about the second time something amazing and miraculous happens. Just ask the crew of Apollo 12 who still accomplished something seemingly impossible by landing on the moon. Except They did it after Neil Armstrong, and for that reason, not many people even remember who they were. When Wild Bill Shannon returned to Nenana, he had five dogs pulling his sled and four riding in the sled back. Three of those four died a few days later. Shannon told a reporter that he deserved no credit for his role in the serum run. The real heroes of that run, he said, were the dogs who did the work, the dogs who gave their lives on an errand of mercy. Those were not the only dog deaths. As we discussed earlier, two of Charlie Olson's dogs died from frozen groins. Even Leonard Seppala's dogs were not exempt from problems. On their way back to Nome, Seppala's team passed a nearby reindeer. Togo and another dog bolted and tore free from their harnesses to chase the reindeer. And this echoed Henry Ivanov's dogs chasing the reindeer and getting tangled up right outside of tulik which is where they found Seppala. Togo trotted home to Nome a few days later. Sled dogs have a great sense of smell and direction, and often will return home from many miles away, sometimes from several hundred miles away. Seppala would complain in later years that Togo was not given enough credit for what he did in the serum run. Too many people, especially those outside of Alaska, tend to focus all their praise and appreciation on Balto, often ignoring Togo and the other dogs altogether. The 1995 animated movie Balto didn't help matters, since it implied that Balto had gone the entire length of the serum run, taking the serum to Nome on his own. Some argue that Cassin knew this would happen and deliberately went on to Nome himself so that he could reap the benefits of fame. That statue in New York City's Central Park is Balto, not Togo. There's a tendency sometimes for those outside Alaska to see some of the things Alaskans do as overly heroic, overly mythical. Even though the modern Iditarod Trail is carefully groomed and broken ahead of the dog teams that rush to Nome in record time these days, going that far with a dog team is still miraculous and is still larger than life. Officially, the modern Iditarod does not specifically celebrate the 1925 Serum Run, but instead celebrates the general role of sled dogs in Alaska and Alaskan history. That's all well and good, but the 1925 serum rum is such an important part of sled dog history and Alaskan history that it seems silly to ignore this. People often ask me why it is that I love sled racing and the Iditarod and the Yukon Quest. And there are two very simple reasons. The first is the dogs. If you've never had a chance to be behind a dog team, the exhilaration and sheer joy when they start to run is one of the purest and most amazing things on Earth. And the second is, even when the world seems to be getting smaller and smaller day by day, long-distance sled dog races like the Iditarod and the Yukon Quest are still so Big that they even now, even today, seem larger than life, even though we live in a world of drones and satellite imagery and GPS devices. And that's just how it is today. Imagine how it was nearly a hundred years ago when there were no satellites, when much of Alaska had not been accurately mapped, when weather prediction was intuitive and often unreliable, and there was no way to keep track of exactly where a dog team was for most of the time when they were out on the trail. And as we're taping this, today is the 93rd third anniversary of when Gunnar Kasson and Balto first brought the antitoxin into Nome. The achievements of the men and dogs involved in the 1925 serum run remain remarkable and heroic. And even if Alaskans shrug off extraordinary achievements, these achievements of these men and these dogs are still larger than life, nearly a hundred years later. Here at Mushing Radio, even though we talk a lot about mushers and the human stories behind dog sled racing, we try never to forget that literally none of this would be possible without the dogs. And we would like nothing better than to give you a complete list of the approximately 150 dogs who ran the 1925 serum run. Sadly, such a comprehensive list is not available. Just for the record, here is what we do know. Here is the list of mushers who ran the 1925 serum run. Wild Bill Shannon, 52 miles from Ninana to Talavana. Three of his dogs, Cub, Jack, and Jet, were injured from the cold and later died. Dan Green, 31 miles from Tolavana to Manly Hot Springs. Johnny Folger, 28 miles from Manly Hot Springs to Fish Lake. Sam Joseph, 26 miles from Fish Lake to Tanana. Titus Nikolai, 34 miles from Tanana to Callens. Dan Corning, 24 miles from Callens to Nine Mile Cabin. Edgar Calland, 30 miles from Nine Mile Cabin to Cochrane's. Harry Pitka, 30 miles from Cochrane's to Ruby. Bill McCarty, 28 miles from Ruby to Whiskey Creek, led by his dog Prince. Edgar Nolner, 24 miles from Whiskey Creek to Galena, led by his eight-year-old leader, Dixie. George Nolner, 18 miles from Galena to Bishop Mountain. Charlie Evans, 30 miles from Bishop Mountain to Nolato. Tommy Patsy Patson, 36 miles from Nolato to Caltag. Jack Nikolai. Jack Screw, 40 miles from Kaltag to Old Woman Shelter. Victor Anagik, 34 miles from Old Woman Shelter to Unalakleet. Miles Ganag Nan, 40 miles from Unalakleet to Shaktulik. Henry Ivanov, about a mile from Shaktulik to just outside Shaktulik, where he spotted Sepala on the ice. Leonard Sepala, 91 miles from Shaktulik to Golovan with his leaders Togo and Scotty. Charlie Olson, 25 miles from Golovan to Bluff behind his lead dog, Jack. Gunnar Casson, 53 miles from Bluff to Nome behind his lead dog, Balto. For most of these men, the glory and recognition they got was fleeting. Many of them, especially the natives, were uncomfortable with the limelight, didn't seek it out. Most of them, even decades later, would point to their participation in the serum run as one of the highlights of their lives. Next week, the aftermath. Did you know that Alaska Dog Works trains service dogs for those in need throughout North America? Each and every service dog that is trained through the Lead Dog Service Dog Program and Michelle Forda and her team has an individual training plan. We train for autistic, mobility, psychiatric, and PTSD for our soldiers for service work. If you know of someone that may need a service dog, please take a moment and check out Alaska Dog Works on social media and at alaskadogworks.com. Hi guys, it's Alex. If you're a fan of Sled Dog Sports in the Iditarod, Mushing Radio is the show for you. Each Wednesday, we drop a new episode on DogWorks Radio. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: If you like our podcast, there are a few things you can do. You can take a couple of minutes and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also check out all of our Dog Works Radio sponsors and promotions in our show notes. Another thing you can do is go over to Facebook, like our Facebook page, and one last thing, please tell all of your friends by spreading the word about Dog Works Radio. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate you.
0: Dog Works Radio is produced by Robert Forto. Logo art by Angry Squirrel Studios. DogWorks Works Radio is produced in conjunction with KVRF
1: 89.7 in Palmer, Alaska. For dog training advice, you can contact Alaska DogWorks at 907-841-1686 or visit their website at alaskadogworks.com If you have a show idea or would like to be a guest, please contact us by sending an email to live at dogworksradio.com.